Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. On this episode of Steelers Standard with Tom Opperman, Kellen Gersky, and Jacob Recht, it's Ben Roethlisberger's birthday today, guys. Should we sing happy birthday right now? No. <clears throat> you don't want uh, no. no. okay. to get out the... Uh, you don't want to break it out for the big guy? You don't want to get out Stan's Beatles song? No. Oh, wow. No. Should we play? We already Stand did that today. Birthday. We already did that did today. Stan no. wish, did Stan wish of Ben a happy birthday did, yeah. today? He Absolutely. had to have. Of course, he has to. The big guy. I mean, he's the best quarterback in Steelers franchise history, I think. And I think it will be a lot of fun on this episode. We are going to talk about the 2021 season and how that looks for Ben Roethlisberger and how the Steelers can help him there. But before we get to that, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is the greatest quarterback we, with our six eyes in this room right now, has certainly ever seen in our lifetime. And I think something that's kind of getting lost in the shuffle of all of this craziness, and I think it's obvious that it would, is just the fact that he is the greatest to ever put a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform on. No disrespect to Terry Bradshaw, the Hall of Famer, but Ben's going to be a Hall of Famer in five years after he decides to retire, whenever that may be, probably after the 2021 season. But this is a guy that really, when I first look at Ben Roethlisberger, he is just so unique for his position. Uh, So big. So mobile, even though he looks like he's slow, but he's not. He's deceptively fast. Eh, I don't even know. Not so much anymore, but yeah. But come on. You remember back when, when he was just such a force in this league. I mean, the guy played tight end when he first got to Miami of Ohio. And now he, and then he kind of played tight end for the rest of his career, but just as a tight end that could throw the ball on a frozen rope 60 yards down the field. It's incredible to see him. And you really look back at that draft class, and it was one of the best draft classes, but. What was anybody doing not taking Ben Roethlisberger number one overall? Right? <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know how. I mean, he's that, just that, a freak of nature. He's six foot four, five. He's got two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Terrell Suggs bounces off of him like it's. And by the way, he's as accurate as anybody needs to be to play the position. Yeah, and and look, I mean, I know that uh, a lot of, um, and at least some stuff that I've said on, on this show is kind of uh, alluding to that maybe you know Ben should have hung it up and all that, but. Really, I think, like you said, Tom, what's lost in, in this craziness that's going on now and the cap and, and how the Steelers season ended is that without question, Ben Roethlisberger is the best quarterback that um, I've seen play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There, there, there's no question about that. Um, I remember like five or six years ago um, watching a game, and I, I don't remember when it was or who it was against, but um, he broke a couple tackles and rolled to his right and threw a touchdown pass. and. You know, my stepdad said it to me, and I didn't really think much of it then, but um, I think a lot of it now is, like, he, he said to me, like, no one else in the league makes that play. And I was like, ah, oh, guys make that play all the time. But he said, no, it's the way that he makes the play, like the way that he throws defensive tackles and defensive end and linebackers off of him and then has the yeah. wherewithal to roll around and then still throw a frozen rope. Guys yeah. don't do it like that. And, and really, I don't know if we've seen a guy like him even since, like with that same build and that same mobility toughness. That, and toughness that he used to have. I mean, goodness, you think about when he got his nose broken and he still played in the game. I mean, we've never seen a guy quite like that, especially in the modern era of football. And, you know, I know there's, you know, when you really strip it down, like I guess you could say that Josh Allen's kind of like him, the toughness and the he's big arm. He's not as thick as Ben. But he, no. Right, he's not as big. He's, not, he's much faster. He's, he, yeah. he runs a different yeah, style exactly. of offense. He tra- he's Ben... Light. Modern. Yeah, he's Ben Light. Yeah, or just the evolution. If Ben was like a Pokemon, he'd evolve into that, where he would just like later in his life, he'd just spin out and <laughs> yeah. he'd become faster. Yeah, it's and, just and the so, style that it calls right. for in the league. Right. And like I'm saying, we haven't seen a guy quite like him 
Um, and I don't think we'll see one quite like him ever again. That 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 burly, like you know, I'll take a hit from a three hundred fifty pound guy, and I'll sh- I'll throw him off of me. Like you don't see that with quarterbacks much anymore. Sure, you might see Lamar Jackson juke a lineman out of his out of his shorts, but you're not going to see Lamar Jackson just throw you know uh, Terrell Suggs off of him or right. you know, anything like that. We haven't seen anything like that. And uh, you know, I know there's a lot of negative negativity swirling around Ben Roethlisberger, um, but. His career as a whole has been un- unbelievable. It's I mean, exactly what you wanted when yeah, you see those drafts that are right. number seven, number eleven overall. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that I really hate about Ben, that what I hate to hear about Ben is wow. certain on his when, birthday. No when less. when people like Colin Coward will say, I think if Philip Rivers went to Pittsburgh instead of Ben, Philip Rivers would have had a much better career, and I couldn't disagree more. I think Ben is by far the best quarterback to come out of that class out of Philip, Ben, and Eli. You just have to look at the context. Like, they couldn't survive those years behind that bad offensive line that Ben won Super Bowls behind. Right. You don't see Philip Rivers escaping the pocket, taking hits, as Kel said, like a, a guys against guys like Terrell Suggs on a broken when his nose is being pushed against his helmet and, and his face being broken mid-play. Philip Rivers isn't making that isn't making that play, and it's crazy. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about plays that stick out, but that one always comes to mind. It's, it wasn't anything. It was an incomplete pass. What was the result of that play in Baltimore? And it's still one of his best plays because the guy, I'm pretty sure it was Terrell Suggs, who had his hand on Ben's face mask for the entire time he was taking Ben down, and Ben was able to shovel past the ball away for an incomplete pass. And if you guys remember, that was like a second down or, or third down play that Ben escaped the sack, and there was no face mask called for a penalty on that play when Terrell Suggs was breaking Ben's nose in the process. But I think it's a testament to Ben that some of his great plays don't come in, in a typical Lamar Jackson juke or a Tom Brady touchdown pass. Ben is a unique quarterback, and yeah, I think Kellen said it great. I mean, I don't think you'll ever see a guy do it like Ben did. He was just so good at taking a beating. He was kind of like Rocky as far as an NFL quarterback. He's just going to get punched and punched and punched, but he's going to keep mean, getting off those ropes. Look look at Cam Newton. Like I know it's a different style mm-hmm. because Cam liked to run the ball a lot more, but Cam Newton took a big beating for a long time, much like Ben did. And you're starting to see Cam's wheels fall off a lot faster than Ben's. And a lot of quarterbacks that get hit a lot, they have their wheels fall off a lot faster than Ben has. And now we're in 2021, and they haven't completely fallen off yet. They might, no. but not completely yet. I real mean, quick about he had Cam. moments last year where you saw Ben in there. Real and deal, yeah. yeah. Real quick about Cam. I mean, he, he came into the league in 2011, won MVP in 2015, and that's when it seemed like he hit the wall. After that Super Bowl loss and after that MVP season was when he seemed to really kind of fall off and not get back to the Cam of MVP caliber. That was one, two, three, four, five years into his career. Ben's still slinging it in year 18. So, yeah, I mean, even though Cam was maybe a more punishing runner, he wasn't and, and took some hits. I mean, Ben took arguably harder hits and was still able to sling the ball for more than 13 years longer than uh, Cam Newton did. Absolutely. Um, thinking about some of the best memories we have of Ben Roethlisberger, the Super Bowl plays that stand out in the Seahawks game, he had that quarterback power. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. really – Really think about that where we're at right now. Yeah. The man will not run a quarterback sneak for whatever reason, but you got to find that spark that you had when you were just the second-year player in the league, and you were willing to do anything to win that Super Bowl. And 
it's not just a traditional quarterback sneak. It's a full on. I'm taking this ball and I'm running to the left and I'm going to have right. a quarterback power here. And he gets in the end zone unquestionably. There was no debate about it. He was scored that touchdown. You can't say anything <laughs> other than that. No, Jacob in the break said it might not have been a touchdown. I'm, I'm no, still. No. I, I'm fully convinced that San Antonio Holmes got both feet down. I know that's a touchdown. I don't know about Super Bowl Forty. Ben on the goal line. I do know that. Super Bowl 40 <laughs> was a touchdown because the final score was 21 to 10, 10 and not yeah. 14 to 10. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's how I know that was a touchdown. But then you brought up the San Antonio play. That was Ben's defining play. And I know that San Antonio Holmes won the MVP after it. And he kind of gets the recognition as the catch. But first of all, the beginning of the play where Ben breaks out mm-hmm. of that pocket is insane. Quarterback goes through all of I don't his know reads, what other quarterback yeah. could do that, but Ben. And. San Antonio made a hell of a catch, but sure. that's the only spot that right. San Antonio he threw it to the only spot that San Antonio could catch it. No yeah. one best, else could catch it. It the was best incomplete angle. or or San Antonio was walking away with a touchdown. The best angle on that touchdown is from the corner of the end zone where it shows the ball going right over the fingertip of one of the three Arizona Cardinals defenders yeah. who were in the corner with San Antonio. Looking back at the field instead right. of the Tim yep. Benz in the background's going, Oh, he's there. Exactly. Yeah, that is a great angle and just an illustration of what a perfect pass that was. And really that drive. I yeah. oftentimes, because I'm such a huge nerd, will go on YouTube and just, and just watch, watch the drive. that drive. Just look up the full game entirety. and go fast forward to the drive. The drive is incredible. And honestly, whenever you're hanging out with your boys, having a couple beers, never a bad thing to throw on in the summertime. <laughs> no. Just that. And- that drive is one of the best things you'll ever see. And Every you time I remember this about it, too, I always say to myself. You always I, look at things, too. Sorry to interrupt, but you always look at things, too, that you forget about those plays, like big plays that people made or penalties right. that happened or because they were backed up so mm-hmm. far. They had a couple false starts before mm-hmm. that drive started. Yeah, I mean, they were. I think they were, they were like on to their, like their three line. or yeah. two-yard line. Yeah, something like that, but... I remember thinking in the moment, and I, and every time I think back on that drive, because the play is great, but the drive as a whole was awesome to watch, too. I remember when the Seagulls were lining up, and I said to myself with a little over two minutes to go, I said, Ben's got this. And he was only a four-year guy, five-year guy, and I remember thinking, Ben's got this. That makes one of us. I was not thinking that. I was <laughs> thinking we just lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember. To the there. man who went to Pitt and I loved so much, he just broke our hearts. Yeah. Fitz just torched us on that play. I remember mm-hmm. thinking Fitz may have scored, but he may have scored a little too fast. He did score too fast. Yeah, left too much time. And, and um, Tom, the thing that you were mentioning there before uh, we started talking about the Super Bowl, and one of the things that um, I remember because, you know, when I was a kid in like 04, Ben's rookie year, that was really the first time I remember like watching and, and remembering football. I've wa- you know, I watched it probably hundreds of times before that, but that was the first time I really started like watching it and remembering uh-huh. it. And um, you mentioned Ben's like running ability and not that he ever, you know, torched the league for, for, you know, running for a hundred yards a game or anything like that. But um, it's kind of crazy. Like I'm looking back at his career stats here and he had a rushing touchdown. He had at least one rushing touchdown from Oh four, to 2010 actually he had multiple in um let's see in every year from 04 to 10 but one where he only had one it's kind of crazy like you said like he had that quarterback power in the super bowl that was something they ran in in short yardage and things like that but like ben was um kind of a weapon and, and you got to think about it too though like back when he first came in um they didn't throw the ball that much. He didn't throw the ball that much, especially that first year because, you know, he came in, he was a rookie, he was unproven and all that. But um, the way that he played football, it's kind of fascinating 
to like look back at his rookie year and see how different not only he's changed, but the game has changed uh, yeah. for so long. So it happens when you play for right. 18 years. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at it like Ben only had 196 completions in his rookie year in, in 2004, and I know he only started in 13 games. Um, he, he had 196 completions this year in 2020. He had 399 completions. <laughs> like, it's crazy how the game has changed and how the way offense has been played in just the time that Ben's been a stealer. I mean, I remember this, the the year they won the Super Bowl 43, the San Antonio Holmes Super Bowl. Ben's, quarter, Ben's touchdown to interception ratio that year, 17 to 15. If you're going 17 and 15 in a touchdown interception ratio, that's Ryan Fitzpatrick numbers when he's on the Bills or <laughs> – Certainly not when he was in Miami. I mean, no one wants to go 17 and 15 now. I mean, 17 and 15 at that point was nothing. But if you're 17 and 15, you're thinking like you're on your way to a Jameis Winston type season, right? You're you're turning the ball over as much as you are scoring. So it, it definitely was a different game back then, Kellen. And the fact that he was able to do that, sure, it was backed up by a great defense, but he was still able to lead the team to wins. And I think that's another great testament to Ben. Well, all these memories are great, and we all love Ben Roethlisberger, but they mean nothing for the outlook on the 2021 season. We know Ben Roethlisberger is back. Um, saw recently Mel Kuyper and a couple other national people, and you knew that this was going to happen, are starting to jump on the, oh, the Steelers should take Mac Jones in the 24th pick in the first round. Oh, the Steelers should take Kyle Trask with their 24th pick in the first round. You just knew that was going to happen because – a, the Pittsburgh Steelers always move the needle because they are one of the most popular, if not the most popular teams in the NFL as far as that's concerned. And two, anytime you talk about replacing a Hall of Famer, it's going to move the needle as well, no matter what team you are. So they hit the trif or the double whammy there when it comes to, oh, we can run Ben out of town and we can have the Steelers in our news cycle on first take at the bottom of the screen. That's great. They should pick Mac Jones. He's the next Tom Brady. Well, Let's slow down on those comparisons, first of all, because no one knew who the next Tom Brady was. The man was picked in the six rounds, for God's <laughs> sakes. As so quick we forget that was the case. But the point I'm trying to make here is the Steelers need, and the Steelers know this, and anybody locally would know this too, they need to put all they can into helping Ben Roethlisberger this year. It is not the time to take a quarterback. It was honestly a waste of a time to take a quarterback back when Mason, you took Mason Rudolph. In hindsight, In sure. hindsight, it really yeah. was. and Because Ben's still here. You could yeah. you needed to just keep Landry Jones and just had those two attached to each other's hip as far as they could possibly do that. And instead, you try to bridge into the future too early. And when you try to bridge into the future too early, you get screwed, and they're screwed on Mason right now because you're not going to get a good look at him before he even gets to walk to free agency. Or maybe you did get a good enough look, and he's not good enough. So... They don't have the backup there. It's not the time to take that pick again. It's a mid-round pick with a quarterback. you got to go running back, offensive line, uh, three times maybe on the offensive line, maybe a weapon in the passing game, and then a little bit of help on the defense to shore that side up. And he needs to be about helping Ben in 2021 have his best shot to get to the playoffs and at least get one more playoff win under his belt before he walks away. Well, I, I, I'll agree with you in the fact that you have to think about what – best helps Ben right now it has to in the back of your head also be with the future in mind I know that that's kind of kind of doesn't make sense because you, you want to help Ben win now but you have to think about the future too and what I mean by that is yeah you want to protect him but you got to get an offensive lineman say that's going to be there for the next 
five, you know, five years or whatever it is. Maybe you have the next center of the future and the next running back of the future. Um, and let's be honest here. Like I had a buddy actually text me today um, and, and say um, there was a mock draft that came out that had Justin Fields falling all the way to the Steelers. Yeah, one, I saw that. Too. I don't see that happening no for no one. Chance. No but chance. There's no way they take a quarterback in the first round. There, there, if there's it's no Justin way. Fields, though, if he no. falls there, you no. wouldn't do it. No, I you can't. So I can't. You, you can? don't think you can? So? You don't think you can? No. I mean, if if you're that's it, just luck, though. That might be fate. <laughs> that just might be destiny knocking at your door. I mean, maybe, but I mean, if you're trying to win now, and that's that's what the Steelers are doing. Whether I agree with that, whether us three, you know, in this room agree with that or not, that's what they're trying to do. And you cannot, you know, not your first round pick has to play this year. He has to play and he has to make an impact regardless of the position. If you draft a quarterback, he's not going to be bent out in his last year. What's the point? You know, I mean, that would be yes, that would be looking to the future and for the franchise as a whole in the future. Sure, that would be probably the best move. But if you're operating that we're going to try to win this year and Ben is our best chance to win, they're not taking a quarterback in the first round. I mean, you can't. I mean, I think if it's Justin Fields, though, sitting there, it's tempting. But I think Kellen's right, ultimately. Yeah, I mean. Because Justin Fields isn't a guarantee. It's not. But I mean, if he's sitting there he's at 20, drop, right? I guess so. Aaron if he's Rogers dropped that, too, though. Lamar Tom Jackson. Was in the sixth round. I mean, we could go round and round about that. Yeah, Russell I mean, Wilson was in the third round. Dak Prescott was in the fourth. I mean. Yeah. I mean, Ben Ben Roethlisberger fell to 11th overall. I mean, that's not the same, but, I mean, we just talked about how how is he not selected first overall. And the one team that is kicking themselves for the past two decades is the Cleveland Browns who passed on Ben Roethlisberger, who they were looking at him. Passed on everybody, too. Of course, but that would have been like the career. That would have been the career – Franchise refi- reviving pick if they take him. Yeah, exactly. They were looking at him. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I think Kellen. You know, even if Justin Fields is in there, it's tempting. Kellen's absolutely right because it's the same reason we said that the Steelers messed up by taking Mason Rudolph two years ago. It, it was just a wasted pick because Ben was still there. Ben's gonna. What be if p- that's a cornerback? A Mason one? Rudolph pick. Oh, oh, oh. no, well, the cor- a oh, cornerback. Like, what if instead you go back in time and instead of taking Mason Rudolph, you take the best corner that was there? I don't know who he's the best cornerback. I'm is. just saying hypothetically, maybe he's developed. A, to your point, of that's a waste of a pick. Like, what if that's a corner that is now developed right. and you still have him that's on that rookie saying, deal, so. and he could slide in to start for Joe Hayden? Right, things could be a lot better right now. Right, right. you see how a wasted pick can really affect you exactly. three, four years down the line, and. And with the obviously, if you get a, a good quarterback here now, Justin Fields versus Mac Jones is a conversation to have. But if you get a guy, if you if the Steelers for some reason go after the quarterback in the first round, it's as Kellen said, it's it's a wasted first year on that guy's career because unless Ben just Ben starts the year zero touchdowns, six interceptions, that guy's not going to be playing. No, no, absolutely. And the point I'll make too, like you, I can at least. Um, you know, give the Steelers a pass on the whole Rudolph thing because it was a third-round pick. And, you know, he was still sitting there like, you know, and I'll make this point too, like for some godforsaken reason, if if Fields or it's never going to happen, but if Fields or Mac Jones is sitting there in like the third or fourth round, like you'd be an idiot not to take right, him. But there. that's that's in the third or fourth sure. round when the Steelers aren't prioritizing anything at that point. That's just going after what they feel is a need or maybe best available. Right. But my my point is like I can at least give the Steelers a pass there because it was the third round sure. and they had a first sure. round grade on Rudolph. But if they do it in the first round, like you said, Tom, that's a guy that can impact your team. I mean, third-round picks most of the time are still on your team, and they have the ability to make the impact 
So if you do it with a first round pick, not only are you wasting a, a pick in general, and you never want to do that in the draft, you're wasting your first pick in the draft, yeah. and and that's your best chance to, to land get a, a starter, maker, yeah. right? To land a difference maker, to land a starter. Also, too, I'll say this: uh, you know, comparing the Mason Rudolph pick to possibly taking a first round quarterback here is the fact that Ben was three years younger when Mason Rudolph was selected. You know, Ben is in his last year now, so yes, it wouldn't be. Maybe the happiest of reactions you would see out of us if the Steelers used that first-round pick on a quarterback, but you could justify it a lot easier than when the Steelers took Mason Rudolph if they had taken a quarterback in the first round, rather, back in 2018 because Ben was showing no signs of slowing down. I mean, Antonio Brown was still on the team, and everyone was thinking this is going to be a pair that's going to rule the league for another five years or however many years Ben will be able to play. So Ben was showing no signs of slowing down back then. So that's another reason why you can look at the Mason Rudolph pick as a maybe missed opportunity. You got to help Ben, like we've been saying, and I think the biggest help to him would be one of these running backs in the first round. So I really think they need to take a running back in the first round, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. The more we get closer to the draft, the more I'm starting to think Najee Harris is separating himself a little bit from Travis Etienne in my mind as far as a talent gap. Etienne's really good, but I think Najee Harris could be a stud instantly in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at the draft order right now, and there's some dangerous spots before the Steelers could potentially get him at 24. Uh, Arizona at 16 scares me a little bit because they're going to let Kenyon Drake walk if they could bring Najee Harris in to be the running back next to Kyler Murray. Pretty nice. They could yeah. bring Kenyon Drake back too, of course. But yeah. cheaper option would be Najee Harris. And who's to say Najee Harris isn't going to be better than Kenyon Drake instantly? Uh, Vegas is safe. Obviously, they're not going to trade. Uh, Josh the Jacobs, Dolphins, yeah. they're a scary team. And then the Jets at 23 could potentially take them too. But the Cardinals at 16 and the Dolphins at 18, I think, are your trouble spots as far as Najee Harris. The Patriots have the pick before the Cardinals. The Vegas Raiders, like I said, have the pick before the Dolphins. I don't think the Raiders are a threat because they have Josh Jacobs. No, that's what I'm saying. If oh, the Cardinals okay. don't pick Najee Harris and you dodge that bullet, do you get on the phone with the Raiders and say, hey, you want one of our third-round picks and we can swap first-round picks? You drop back to 24 and just cut in front of the Dolphins so you can get Najee? Because I worry that he's going to either the Cardinals or the Dolphins. Or do you call your old friend Bill Belichick and say, hey, third-round pick for 15, swap for 24, get a third-round? I don't Bill, think Bill Belichick Belichick's loves... doing any deals with the Steelers. Really? With I think Bill Steelers? Belichick will do any deals with anybody as long as he gets more ca- capital in the draft. He loves draft picks. I'm Which just is weird because they're not a good drafting about. team. They, their, their talent is always acquired through free agency, if you've noticed. They're not the best drafting team i mean look at receivers specifically they haven't drafted a pro bowl wide receiver i think in 20 years it's just interesting to me to think though i think the could one they jump up in this draft and get that pick i mean would a third round pick do it you the, can't sacrifice your second round pick for no, no and no, that's no, no, no. the thing is that's that's the that's the bugaboo here is that you know we, we keep talking about all the the um holes in the steelers you know team and like they need to address some death spots you know, can you do that if you get rid of a third-round pick? I mean, you know, third-round picks don't always pan out, but let's be honest here, um, the third-round pick can start for you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, your first three picks Dotson in a draft. should have last Right. Year. I mean, your first Definitely. three picks in a draft. Like he was a fourth-round pick. So the yeah, first really, three yeah. rounds should be, you know, guys that are going to make an impact, guys that are going to play right away, and then fourth or later, those are guys that, you know, you can build on and, and maybe they become starters and that that's a bonus. But the top three guys, you know, your top three picks in the first three rounds should be guys that are going to make an impact. And, man, it this would be. Year. Yeah, I mean, it would be tough. 
um, for me to trade up. And yes, I you know I'm one of the guys that want Najee Harris. I, I want Travis Etienne. I want either one of those guys. Well, I guess it depends on a couple of things. How much do they value running backs in the Steelers' war room? Do yeah. they want him first overall, no matter what? And yeah, do they value do they him think? as much as we do? If Harris and Etienne are even on their board, then you just wait and you say there's no chance both the Cardinals and Dolphins are going to take both these guys, or it'd be a very far fetched thing. One of them's going to be there, Etienne probably more likely, and wait it out. But if you think Harris is the guy, then why not throw a third round pick at the Vegas Raiders or the Patriots to try to jump in front of the line? I would do it to Vegas, not the Patriots, because I think you wait for the Cardinals pick. If the Cardinals pick Harris, whatever. We just weren't going to get him. If he gets past Harris, the only real problem spot might be those Dolphins, and I just think they could be like, Vegas does not need a running back. Gruden loves to make trades. Let's get him on the phone and get a third-round pick and our swaps of the first-round pick. I mean, I hear you in the fact that, you know, if if you think that Harris is the guy, um, but again, I just think there's too many holes to fill and not a lot Any of any one of their seven picks. Yeah, and you got to use you know uh, your first two picks, probably your first. Yeah, yeah, definitely your first two have to be offensive, and they have to be playmakers mm-hmm. that play right now. Mm-hmm. One preferably the line, and then one preferably a running a back, running back yeah. if you can get one of the first two in the first round. But I, to, to me, you would just be giving up, um, you know, too much. And and again, I know I want Etn, I want Harris, I want either of those guys, but. It's just tough when, you know, this is the last year of Big Ben's career. This is the last year um, that you're going to have that guy. It's tough, man. Like, if you want to win now, you also got to think about the future, too. And I know that's a double-edged sword. I know you're kind of screwed either way if you're approaching it like that. But, man, there's a lot of holes there. And once Big Ben leaves, you got to really fill those holes up. This kind of reminds me of the conversation we just had about the cornerbacks, Joe Hayden versus Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton, right? I mean, you got to talk about what you can get out of what you have. And, yeah, I mean, what what Najee Harris could bring is a lot, but there are so many more holes to fill than just the running back. And like we said with the cornerbacks, it would be great to retain Joe Hayden. But if getting rid of Joe Hayden means keeping Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton, you'd much rather do that, keep two rather than just keep one. So I totally understand what Kellen's trying to say. As much as it would be great to lock in getting Najee Harris, I'd rather keep that late-round pick, that third-round pick, because that third-round pick could be a difference maker. And there's nothing this a against that Najee Harris could still sit there. And even if he's gone getting Travis ATN instead and then keeping that third round pick could be a huge difference. If you want to listen to that conversation we had about Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton, you can listen to it on one of our earlier episodes of Steelers Standard that you can always find on Steelers.com or Apple or Spotify. Or make sure you download and subscribe to the Steelers Standard. That's going to do it for this episode. For Kellen Gersky and Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman. Thank you as always for listening. We'll talk to you the next time on the Steelers Standard.